0: When the God of the universe created the world, he didn't snap his fingers or wink his eye. He spoke. He said, let there be light. Because we believe, we speak about the happenings in this world, mindful that our true home is with Jesus Christ and his kingdom, welcome to a disciple's view. If I sound different, uh, a little tech problem this morning, hard to identify. It's a funny thing. You know, I'm going to ask you to help me be grateful this morning. Uh, It's a weird pattern in our family that Christmas time is a time where we just absolutely seem to get nailed by the enemy. And I wonder if it's an attempt to make sure that we don't really focus on the gratitude of the season. Um, it's a time where, and it happens just nearly every year, where we get hit with unexpected expected financial costs. And maybe it's a test of our faith. Maybe that's it. And then tech things really seem to happen around Christmas time, so I apologize for the quality, but we'll do the program because that's what we do. Um, Our problems and the ones that you might face pale in comparison to not the problems, but the utter heartbreak, the tragedy, the fear, the anger that must be felt by a family in Texas. Uh, Their dear daughter was 16 years old, and she had her life stolen taken by murder. And it makes it worse. Maybe it shouldn't, and it does. It makes it worse because it didn't need to happen. But which murderers do need to happen, honestly? Jesus wept. Uh, Elizabeth Medina was 16 when her life was taken by someone who was not supposed to be in this country, an illegal immigrant. It wasn't supposed to happen that he was here, and it's not supposed to happen that the people who run the country and the people who run the guy who were supposed to pretend runs the country, Joe Biden, have decided to allow a full-scale invasion. We could call it a lot of things. We could call it incompetence, but it's not. They haven't forgotten how to enforce border policy. We haven't forgotten how to build walls. We haven't forgotten how to man those walls. We haven't forgotten how to screen people at the border. We haven't forgotten how to enforce any of our statutes. We just choose not to. And in this case, as in far too many others, it led to a murder, and you would say a senseless murder. Few murders are less than senseless. But a 16-year-old girl whose concerns in life are those of a 16-year-old girl, like remaining on the cheerleading squad, we would hope has gone to the Lord. The Lord has welcomed her. And in that way, she knows the peace that surpasses all understanding. And my little problems this morning of tech and finances, well, they've just gone. So I think about the family and pray for the Medina family. And I have to admit, this morning I'm, I would be lying if I said I could honestly pray for the man who killed her or is alleged to have killed her. Uh, I would do it. But I myself don't want to be a liar. And so I guess what I would pray for is the ability to pray for him. Because right now, I I don't have it. And yet we're called to pray for people like him. So how do we do that? Maybe God understands that sometimes it takes us a while to adjust our hearts or to open our hearts. Because to pray right now would be an act of dishonesty and then the Lord knows that. So I guess I just open my heart and say, make me more like you, that you can both mete out the accountability this man will certainly face from you uh, and, and the mercy. Although he didn't show any, and that makes it harder. But isn't that a human response? The Biden border crisis. And we could say it's Biden, and yet he doesn't run anything. We could call it a crisis. It is a crisis for us, but it's not a crisis. It's a plan. And the plan is to flood our country with people who provide pressure to change our government into something that provides everything to people and therefore develops the strength to take everything away. That's the plan. It's also destabilizing, and we can't really, as a people, gather come together on common sense things like enforcing laws when we're being divided on something as elemental as enforcing them. And so the pressure groups come in, the destability happens, and it happens around the big cities first because it's the big cities that are being created as dumping grounds. We shouldn't refer to human beings as being dumped, but that's what's going on. They're being hidden in these cities. The federal government chooses not to tell us where they're taking these folks. And they'll say, oh, well, we're not doing it. No, non-governmental agencies are doing this. It's certainly not us. Over 535,000 migrant encounters, migrants, well, let's change that. They're illegal immigrant encounters at the border. 65,000 known gotaways since October 1st. Uh, the former DHS Secretary Jay Johnson said in 2019 that 1,000 illegal boarding crossings per day overwhelms the system. He said, I cannot imagine what 4,000 a day looks like. We recently had 12,000 in a single day. My staff will tell you if it was under 1,000 apprehensions the day before, that was a relatively good number, and if it was above yes. 1,000, it was a relatively bad number, and I was going to be in a bad mood the whole day. On Tuesday, there were 4,000 apprehensions. I know that a thousand overwhelms the system. I cannot begin to imagine what 4,000 a day looks like. So we are truly in a crisis. We are in a crisis. Because people have decided to make it a crisis, and the crisis as a design. The design, of course, as I've said, is to destabilize the country. Why? Because a people who don't feel safe in their own country will often do anything to feel safe. Anything. People will trade the feeling of safety for food. They'll trade it certainly for freedom. History is axiomatic that way. Many people will trade the feeling of temporary safety for God's protection. They'll they'll give up their faith in order to feel temporarily safe, but it's just that. And we're not the first nation. We're not the first people. We're not the first, well, group of people to go through this together. And God has plans that have already happened. He's already meted out justice to the guy who took that young woman's wife life and he's done it in a perfectly righteous way. What is that? We don't know. We just trust in God because when he says a thing, that thing has happened. But the fact is, when you import mass numbers of people who get here by breaking the law, you import lawless behaviors. Gangs from South America are breaking into multi-million dollar homes across the country and now in Metro Detroit, and police say they're highly functional and well-trained. The guy to the right in the middle, that's a jammer. So he's jamming signals right now. Those jammers then render the Wi-Fi security systems useless. At least 30 to 40 homes have been hit since September in Detroit and thieves getting away with cash, jewelry, expensive handbags in minutes. You know, a lot of this stuff is being packed up in the boxes for shipping. Yeah, you import behaviors. We're not just importing people, we're importing behaviors. And we talked about this on the program before. It's a decision. It's a good thing, and this is sarcasm, and maybe I shouldn't be sarcastic, but I should say it this way, perhaps. It must be difficult for people like the figurehead, Biden, who lives surrounded by armed guards 24-7, who is, and by design, hard to get to, and I don't wish him any physical harm whatsoever, must be hard for him to relate. After all, when a relative of his had her car uh, carjacked, uh, the guy doing it was killed. Now, when that happens in cities like San Francisco, it's called open season on young black men or young criminals. But when it happened there, of course, well, we can't have the biden family touched by this i don't wish them to be but i wonder if they were if they might relate to this more if they might understand the harm that's being done through them i know and people talk about it at christmas time one of the favorite things of people who actually don't believe in the lord jesus is to say well he was an illegal immigrant was he he was legally going to respond to a census Was it illegal for him to go to Egypt to seek shelter? Not at that time. People were migrants. There is a process in our country, and the same people who want to come to us and say, well, you need to respect government through Romans 13. They're right. We do. And government is also included in that. Government is what? A building? It's not. It's people. And Romans 13 makes clear that everyone is to respect the powers that exist because God gave them that power. Our power as a people exists in a piece of paper in the Constitution written by men who I think were inspired by God. And, of course, we hire people to undertake our common business, that which we can't do on our own, like securing our border. So I would say to the elected officials and bureaucrats who might think, well, we're the ones so-called protected by Romans 13 you're also under its notice there is a power in this country we the people we say sometimes cliched but we're governed at our consent and we have every bit as much a position granted us by God as you do this is the Disciples View I'm Todd Herman we will continue it's not your ears. It's just a little tech thing. Sometimes that happens. And so I'm doing this through the phone. And we're not supposed to mention that, but I just, I have this idea of people being out in the audience going, wait a minute, what's going on? Am I, suddenly my ears are wrong. No, your ears are fine. It's just sometimes tech things come up. We're called to be in the world and not of it. And that's a call that I love and increasingly love to turn to, and which I find absolute great comfort. Because when I reassociate my view, for instance, the just rocking news I got this morning uh, on finances just crushed me for until I step back and remember wait a minute, it's not even my money. God gave this to me to steward, and I have it. And I was thinking a longer kingdom view and think, well, am I going to remember this in the new heaven and the new earth? When we're called to be in the world and not of it, I think we also develop a different way of listening to others. There's a couple of people in politics. One would say he's not in politics, except he's the most political human being I've ever, ever witnessed. And another guy who would say, yeah, he's a politician. And they both spoke in different ways about their relationship with God or one person's lack thereof. And I'll let you judge after you hear the clip, and then I'll tell you what I think. The first guy is a man who has demonstrably lied throughout his career. And he has contributed to the deaths of many, many people throughout his career through these lies. He has a fantastic business model. It's really good. If he wants more money, he takes it. It's a great business model. And he also had a great position where he got to be government. And I mean, be it but also participate in upside profits of companies. He got to take a rake, it's called, or a percentage. You know who I'm talking about? Tony Fauci. (laughs) Fauci is a man who I give credit for being an honest, well, gosh, I don't want to bear false witness. I regard him as a sociopath but that could be bearing false witness. And I, I don't mean to do that, I, I just look at the behaviors. A man who would say that he is science itself, that's, that's sociopathic. A man who would tell kids, the parents of kids, whose children had had a dangerous reaction, anaphylactic shock, uh, when they were injected with the modified RNA gene sequencing devices that Fauci still pretends are vaccines, when they had a dangerous shock to the system, anaphylactic shock, and parents said, what should we do? Fauci told them, wait until the anaphylactic shock goes away and then give them a second shot. This would be, of course, the same CDC and National Institute of Health that have issued peanut warnings on airlines and packages of food and in classrooms oh, don't take peanut butter sandwiches to school because a kid there might be allergic to peanuts and might have anaphylactic shock if your kid exhales on them. But yes, 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 if they have anaphylactic shock from an injection, simply inject them again. So do you remember when Fauci explained that he is science itself? He apparently contends to be Catholic, but instead of following the faith, Tony says his ethics, he is ethics itself. This the Dogreen Chapel, where Chris and I were, That's we're married. That's where you were married. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. Do you still go there? Do you no. Still, you don't practice no. anymore, do you? I don't, no. Why? Ah, a number of complicated reasons. Go on. <laughs> we have a whole corridor. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I, I think my own personal ethics on life are, I think, enough to keep me going on the right path. And I think that there are enough negative aspects about the organizational church Mm -hmm. uh, that you are very well aware of. I'm not against it. I identify myself as a Catholic. I was raised, I was baptized, I was confirmed, I was married in the church, my children were baptized in the church. But as far as practicing it, it seems almost like a pro forma thing that I don't really need to do wow i would ask our catholic listeners does it seem pro forma to you and i just think of dear friends i have who are catholic i think of the family who ultimately was really responsible for me coming to the lord the lord worked through them mighty catholic family it's it's weird i consider them to be evangelical catholics i know that's a strange strange mix But they are the most, most evangelical Catholic family I can imagine. Oh, they love the church, Mother Church. Like many, they're frustrated with this Pope. But pro forma? Now, there is this my mom was a cafeteria Catholic, and she picked and chose the portions of the Catholic faith that she liked and the portions that she didn't, and she ultimately left the church. But I don't recall her saying, My ethics alone are enough. That sounds very close to. My will alone, (laughs) that sounds very close to my decisions alone are good enough. But where do they come from, these decisions? The Apostle Paul tells us that within us, all of us, whether or not we've met the Lord Jesus, within us, there is God's law. There's God's morality within us. And in the time and when the Lord Jesus had just passed on and gone to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father, fully God, fully human he was, now returned to full God status. And people hadn't yet heard of him. Jewish people hadn't heard of him. And Paul had been what was Jewish when he was Saul, of course, went and persecuted Christians. Uh, he said even Jewish people have in their heart, of course, the law people who've not heard it read to them, the word of God. And in fact, he would contend that they had in their hearts knowledge of the Messiah and Jesus being that. But Fauci seems to reject that, his ethics alone, which sounds so close to my will alone. That's not being Catholic and it's not being Christian. I know there's this debate and it is debatable, I'm someone who believes you can reject the gift of redemption. I'm one who believes that freely given, knock and you will receive. You know, when the Lord knocks and you open the door, you let Him in and you accept Him. I think you can use the, fra- the same will to reject Him. I understand the argument. Well, then you were never fully with the Lord. You never fully submitted. You were never fully saved. I understand the argument. But I think that people being fallible are warned many, many times throughout the Bible. Be careful that you do not fall away. Remain connected to the vine. If you remain connected to me, I will remain connected to you. If, if, if. I understand my view is one view and there's many on this. But Fauci's a special creature of DC because his ethics have always been enough. The CDC taking Percentages taking a rake from pharmaceutical companies based upon intellectual property, and they don't have to disclose how much it is or who got it. That's a special form of ethics. Tony Fauci knew from the very, very beginning that these were not, these injections were not going to stop transmission or infection. How do I know he knew? Because I knew. <laughs> I don't have a medical degree. How did I know? Because I read the SEC filings, the Securities and Exchange Commission filings. See, the Pharma companies have lobbied themselves into not being, you know, being difficult to sue them for these injections, although we do have grounds now and we can get away from the waiver, get through it, but they can be sued by shareholders. So, of course, in the Security and Exchange Commission filing, they say this isn't going to stop infection or transmission. Fauci knew it because of the design of the things. He is not stupid. And yet his ethics alone, his will alone. So he's one side of this equation. And another side is a guy who recently became the third in line to presidential power. I have no doubt that Speaker Mike Johnson loves the Lord Jesus. I have no doubt that Speaker Johnson abides in the Lord Jesus, no doubt. I have no doubt that he begins his day in prayer as he says he does. That gives me great, great hope. I have no doubt that he works in, well, a filthy business. Politics has become filthy. It is war by a peaceful means. It's transfer of power by peaceful means. It's that which avoids violent clashes between societies and civil wars. That's all good. And it's become filthy. It's become corrupt. And I had great hope for Speaker Johnson, and I think I still do, but I worry because I don't know that I'm seeing the fruits of what a Christian speakership should be. There's signs. There's signs. Now, obviously, God allows both Fauci and Mike Johnson to hold earthly power. I'm curious what Speaker Johnson will do since he feels God has called him to act as a new Moses. I'm assuming the audio is over. I can't hear it on my side. What Mike Johnson says, he talks about prepare for a Red Sea moment to step forward. May that be so. May Mike Johnson actually be feeling that. May God have actually called him to that. So what would a Red Sea moment look like in the United States? Well, I wonder what would happen if Mike Johnson decided to use most of his public time talking not about politics, but about the Lord Jesus. What would happen if in every interview he gave, he said, yes, we deal in the day-to-day, the temporal issues, but we're really in a spiritual war. What would happen if Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, decided that he would, instead of talking about this policy or that policy, give a major speech, which was more of a sermon? What would happen if he were, for instance, to celebrate what God is doing around us, because God is doing so much, um, there is um, a, there's a series of people who have fame and fortune and are deciding to walk away from it to follow the Lord Jesus. Last Sunday night in Puerto Rico, a music superstar goes by the name Daddy Yankee, decided to talk about and show what happens when Christianity takes the whole of you. According to NBC News, this 46-year-old Spanish-speaking performer, uh, reggae performer, has closed his final show by announcing live on stage that henceforth he will give his life to the Lord Jesus. My people, this day is for me is the most important day of my life. I want to share it with you. Living across a life of success is not the same as living a life of purpose, he said in Spanish, and he gave his life to the Lord Jesus, and I'm getting this from westernjournal.com. He's one. There's more. The most beautiful man on earth. I didn't know they still did that, but apparently they do. His name is Eduardo Santini. Went to live with some priests for a time and found the lifestyle beautiful. He wants to give up his fame and modeling career. He says he wants to discover more of God. I'm here to discover. In fact, he said he made a mistake At 21 years of age, I find myself on the path toward becoming a priest, God willing. Iodardo Santini said in a video posted to social media last week, I've decided to give up modeling work, acting and dance, but I won't abandon my passions. I'll just live them differently. He's offering his passions now to God. What if Mike Johnson was to take what God has given him? Because there's no doubt God has given him this ability to be speaker of the house. He's equipped him place him in this position, is it really to talk about this or that policy? Because he can do that at work. Shouldn't he be talking about this and that scripture? Shouldn't he be telling Americans if he is truly to provide a Red Sea moment? Shouldn't he be displaying for them what the Red Sea means at this point? What he's allowing them to flee? He's allowing them to flee captivity of the enemy, not him that Jesus is working through him, the Lord working through him, my goodness, if you're the new Moses, you need Speaker Johnson to be the new Moses and to tell people to turn away from the sinful cults that they join. Some of them unwittingly. This is the Disciples View. I'm Todd Herman. We'll come back with the Tower of Babel. Appreciate you listening to A Disciple's View, getting your tech stuff worked out in the background, just to let you know your ears are fine. The tech is weird today. <laughs> what happened in the federal government when they decided to work from home because of a terrible, terrible flu that uh, had the, the possibility of killing uh, three one-hundredths of a percent of federal employees alone? people have comorbid factors. That's a different issue. But when they decided for people to work from home, some amazing things happened and they still happen. More than 50% of the staff of federal agencies are still working from home. There's not a single federal agency that has more than 50% of its staff in the office. And this is from the subcommittee on government operations in the federal workforce. They held a meeting on how productive teleworking employees were. And as you might expect, it turns out they're not horribly productive. There's something that happens when people don't have accountability. They don't often act in accountable ways and they don't have accountability. We are when we work to work as if we're working for the Lord Jesus. Uh, Thus, us Christians, we can't expect that of non-Christians. Dang it, that's hard. Isn't it sometimes, though, when the work is hard or not rewarding or if you have a boss, uh, how difficult it can be to work for some bosses, and yet we're told to do that. So, But why? Well, it's a risky thing to ask why when God doesn't tell us, but he does tell us. It's for his glory and so that people can see that we're different and that we can be relatively blameless. What's it like, though, when a boss finds out you're a Christian and you're going to do everything he tells you, even if it's kind of absurd? Well, just imagine. Remember that, that, sh- that song by Kenny Rogers, The Coward of the County? Everybody knew he was the coward of the county. The song about a guy was just that, a coward. Until someone crossed the line and came for his wife and his kids. And he was not a coward. He just chose not to employ violence. Great song. What happens when we as Christian people decide to serve others, our bosses, if we have bosses, uh, in the manner of serving the Lord Jesus? Sometimes, as I say, it can be incredibly difficult, particularly if the person decides to lord power over you. Because we as Christians, we're not to do that. Oh, the power of the county thing, right. So, right up until that point where they tell you to violate the word of God. Now, think of the impact of this that here you have been a dutiful employee, a loyal employee. Bosses know when they're taking advantage, most bosses know that they can take advantage of you a little bit. And then they come to you with the demand that you violate the word of God. Say, we're going to start using pronouns in this office. So he sits you down or she sits you down and says, from now on, you will refer to men as women and women as men. And at that point, you say, no, I cannot. If you're working in the medical field and you're told you will assist in an abortion. And you believe that is murder. And of course, we're not the murder. And you say, no, I will not. Or a so-called sex change operation, a physical impossibility. You say, no, I I will not. Think of the impact that could have when the rest of your career there, the rest of your tenure has been, yeah, I'll do that. I think that would make a massive impact. I think because Christians as a whole... And there's many, many people who call themselves Christians, and they actually don't understand how to serve the Lord Jesus. They don't know what abiding means. They don't understand the process of allowing the Holy Spirit not just to indwell in us, but to run our lives to the degree that we get out of its way. And just this morning, given the financial news I got, I don't know that I acted in an ungodly way, but I was angry. I may talk about this later this week because it speaks to the distortion of our economy through the cost shifting of fake insurance. and It's an absurd and therefore priceless, wonderful model of how bad things have gotten. But I was a little bit hot when they dropped this news on me. And I think about that. Maybe I need to apologize. I think about that woman to whom I was speaking. I'm sure she's a good employee, but she agreed with me. Yes, these costs are obscene. Yes, people shouldn't have to do this. Yes, it's a distorted economy. I bet she goes to church. but she's a Christian. I wonder what would happen if people like her. All of us just said, no. Because though there's people who believe they're Christian and they don't know what it means, I think as a whole, we're pretty compliant people. We're pretty patient people. And we're called to be, after all the biblical definition of love includes patience. So we're called to be. But what impact would it have if all of these patient Christians on topics related to the word of God, such as lying about gender, just said, no, in mass. Politely, we will not. It's like the coward of the county. All of a sudden, Oh, wait, that wasn't cowardice? No. It was respect. On this program, we thank the Lord for placing the supposedly wise on tall towers of shaking sand with their feature called the Tower of Babbling. You know about the biblical truth of the Tower of Babel. A Disciple's View presents... Who doesn't love a yellow school bus? Trans women are women, trans men are men, and non-binary people are non-binary. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. The Tower of Babeling. Samantha Young works for the people who run Joe Biden, and she is flabbergasted to learn that people want the law enforced in America. We're always willing to have a conversation, Um, but I believe Congress has been talking about this long enough, and I'm happy uh, that the question was called. Unfortunately, uh, people who know the stakes, who are supporters of Ukraine, who are supporters of Israel, uh, decided to put politics ahead of our uh, national security interests. And frankly, I, I remain stunned by that. (laughs) She she remains stunned that people want our border secure before sending another $60 billion to Ukraine. Well, I I can understand. She's flabbergasted. I mean, after all, Ukraine has suffered an invasion. Wait, so we. But theirs is violent. Wait. Ours is resulting in violence. But Ukraine, they, they, they get to have territorial sovereignty. Wait, wait, don't we? Oh, but well, hold on. Ukraine is a democracy. <laughs> but they're not. Are we? We're supposed to be a Republican form of democracy, but are we? That's the first of three sound bites in today's Tower of Babbling. Rashida Tlaib, congresswoman who wants to legally force pronouns, who celebrated Black Lives Matter Incorporated burning down parts of cities and getting cops murdered, is concerned about people weaponizing something. I'm getting the calls of people being uh, pushed to silence, being bullied, Uh, some people weaponizing uh, anti-Semitism in a way to silence voices. All of that needs to stop. You know, Americans have a right to speak up. Americans have a right to to the institutions they work at or the people that represent them to say, look, this is my opinion. I believe you should support X, Y and Z. Uh, And again, we have to be able to make sure that as we look at all these forms of hate, that it is not being weaponized in a way to silence voices like myself and our, you know, many of the voices that are here. (laughs) Now, remember, um, if you are white, you're not to speak into issues involving race. Well, no, because you're the oppressor. You have no opinion. And if you don't want to call a man a woman, you're to either be silent or lie. Black Lives Matter, the phrase, is meant to silence. What do we want? Dead cops, when we want them now, is meant to silence. The uttering of the word racist is meant to silence, like the uttering of the phrase conspiracy theorist. All things Rashida Tlaib likes the merchandise. Last clip in today's Tower of Babbling. A repeat performance? No, it's a different president. This is the former president of the University of Pennsylvania, who just resigned under massive pressure for failing to criticize calls for genocide against Jewish people. She said she has no idea where $300 million in donations came from. I want to repeat that we follow all laws and we accept nothing that is inconsistent with our mission um, of teaching, research, and service. Uh, And we would never accept conditions on gifts. My understanding uh, is we we have taken no government gifts from the government of Qatar. We have a small number of alumni in Qatar who have given some gifts for annual annual gifts to schools. Very small number. But almost $300 million dollars. Congressman, that uh, that figure uh, as of uh, funds from Qatar is is not one I'm familiar with. That's I, I, that's not what Do my you know information exactly tells me. Exactly, how much you received from Qatar The in Section 117 funding? The data I have. Yeah. Yes, I am aware of our 117 filings. Um, I've I've maybe I can follow up with you afterward. Uh, if you follow elementary rules of law. And if you've gone to law school and you've taken any classes on on examining or cross-examining witness, there's a number one rule. Never ask a question to which you do not know the answer. When you're in court, you're not there to discover facts. You're there to bring them out and to add context. Oh, Qatar, by the way, that's where the head of Hamas lives in Qatar. In fact, the heads of Hamas. Gosh, that seems a long way from Gaza. And that's a wrap for today's Tower of Babbling. That was the Tower of Babbling. I love Venn diagrams. I, just, I really just love Venn diagrams. On a Disciple's View. I mentioned uh, that today's been kind of a shock and awe type day. And as a little personal observation, I do look at this pattern in our life that around, around fall, we start to get enormous bills for things. It began once with a leak in a roof that wouldn't stop, a, a roof that had never leaked. This was in Seattle, and it started with just a tiny drip, 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 and it was around Christmas time. We always seem to get nailed with this stuff really hard around Christmas time. I remember my little girl saying, Dad, why is there water going drip, drip, drip? I went into the front room. Indeed, why was there water? I went onto the roof and did what I could to seal it. I thought I did a pretty good job. Back, the drips stopped for about a month. Then one night we came home and the ceiling was bit wet. It was a beautiful, beautiful Swiss wood ceiling, handcrafted by the people who built the house. We got it extraordinarily inexpensively, by the way. And there was water by the chimney. So this meant I needed to call someone, but they couldn't come out right away. So it meant I needed to go up on the roof in winter and do what I could to address it. And it did stop, but I continued to to go back and rewrap the chimney. And we did get guys out and they fixed it. That was one year. The next year was a car that blew up. I mean, it didn't explode, but it was just gone. Not an expense we wanted to purchase a brand new car. We didn't, we purchased a nice used car, but that was also winter time. When we felt that we had no choice but to put our daughter, who had suffered some real harm, in treatment for thirty thousand dollars a month for 13 months. That was in November. This year, it's a surgery I'm having that I'll get paid back, I would hope. I hope that the company I use for not insurance, but Christian Health Care Sharing will pay it back, $25,000 in advance. Uh, the surgeon and three medical professionals are costing me $5,000 to do the actual work to be in a hospital for six hours is gonna cost $25,000. That's a heck of a rack rate. It's obscene and it's driven by economic distortions. And yet we lived through the roof leak and we thrived. We lived through the car and we thrived. And the fact is though it's gonna hurt it's going to hurt. I'll take them their $25,580.20 and God will provide. And maybe that's what he's saying at Christmas time. Maybe you give too many gifts without being thankful for the ones I've given you. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Because we believe, we speak because he first loved us we speak his word we walk in the path of Jesus to make disciples of all nations until we speak again hopefully under better circumstances God willing may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding rest upon you and your families I'm Todd Herman this has been a disciples view